What's going on, podcast family? Ben here for Devo Bad Company. Rooted in eastern Washington, Devo uses nothing but the highest quality maple, ash, birch on the market. You know what? It makes a difference. At Devo Bats, they take pride in the craftsmanship that goes into each and every wooden bat produced. Your success at the plate is their ultimate priority. They want you to know when you think of bats, think of Devo Bats. Devo Bats, your Northwest supplier of affordable quality wooden bats. Hey podcast fam, it's Ben here from my friends over at Baseballism. Founded by four former college baseball players and teammates, their love and passion for the game did not stop after leaving the playing field. An amazing organization founded on the beliefs of class, tradition, and the history of baseball. I personally shop at Baseballism because of the quality of their products and the top of the line customer service I get each and every time. Take it from me, an avid hat lover. Baseballism is not your run-of-the-mill apparel company. Check them out at any of their fine locations or visit them online at baseballism.com baseballism built for the love of the game portland is a baseball town our secretary didn't have anybody on the phone There was nobody on the phone. They were just egging me along. So they bought a little short, chubby guy in with the name Peters and put him <laughs> in my place and sent me to double A ball. Two fans, one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon. This is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. Without further ado, your hosts, Ben and Dave. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. As always, I am your host, Ben. And yes, we are back with part two of our episode and interview with Tate Budnick. And so, Tate, welcome back again. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And uh, so last episode, we we finished off with high school, but we're going to kind of kick back into that temporarily. And so you're in your junior, senior year of mm-hmm. high school you're clearly beginning to think about that next level and you know where where you're wanting to go maybe even sooner than that mm-hmm. you're, you know maybe your sophomore year or whatever uh, at what point were you beginning to think about that next level in college and where where you're going to be t- where are you going to go after that uh actually after my freshman year so i pl- i did all three sports my freshman year i played football basketball and baseball mm-hmm. um and then i started getting a little bit of interest i started getting like those letters that are inviting me to camps and stuff yeah. from different colleges and um i was thinking to myself i was like man i i have a shot of this baseball thing um and i was like you know i i i i didn't really want to play football anymore um i wanted to play football but i i was kind of i was like if i have a shot of this baseball thing like it's it's not worth getting hurt um and i thought to myself i was like well I was like, man, I, I was so torn about whether to play or not. And then my dad was telling me, he's like, you know, it's it's better to not play than to play scared of getting mm-hmm. hurt. Because the moment you start playing scared of getting hurt, that's when you're going to get hurt and it's going to be bad. Yeah. So decided not to play. Um, 
and then I did some I did some camps my after my my sophomore year I I went to I went to the Stanford baseball camp which was a lot of fun um that sophomore summer was uh, a doozy for me I was on Chafee um the 18 I was on the 18U Chafee team as a 16 year old um, but I was also playing with the 16U Bandits team, um, Northwest Bandits, um, because it was like the same program basically. Um, and so I was doing both of those teams. Um, and then I went to numerous camps that summer. Um, so from high school to, to Bandits to Chafee to different camps and everything, I think I, I played basically almost like almost a full season like a like a minor league full season which is like almost 140 games um so played a lot of games my my sophomore year mm-hmm. um and then my junior year um kind of started getting into that um really trying to focus out focus on where like where I was going to start going um I I went to a, a couple different camps with that um, my senior year, I went to the Washington State um, Washington State Cougars baseball camp. Okay, um, that's where I actually met Greg Swenson um, for the first time and asked me to to come on and come on a visit later that year. Um, it might have been my junior year, honestly. I can't really remember that one. Um, but that was the first time I met Greg Swenson, so I'll get into him a little bit later. But uh, didn't actually get to go, end up going on a visit out there. Um, my junior year, I went on a visit to Gonzaga. Um, uh, met with met their coaches, uh, some of their players, and then um, where else? Yeah, I was. So those were kind of like my top top two schools that I was looking at because they were really interested in Washington State, Gonzaga. Washington State, Gonzaga. Um, Did you have a dream time. school? My dream school, uh, probably University of Washington when I was growing up, um, just because I went to a ton of their baseball games with my dad and my brother and my mm-hmm. mom. Um, and then, yeah, I and my both my parents are Huskies, so um, I think that was like my dream school when I was growing up. And then didn't really have much talk with them. I talked to them a little bit my uh, my junior year mm-hmm. um, as well, but um, nothing as much as like I was talking with Gonzaga or or Wazoo at the time. Um, yeah. And then uh, senior year comes, um, and I wasn't getting offers. wasn't wasn't anything happening with that. And you know my 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 goal when I was was obviously to play professional baseball, but I really wanted to play Division One baseball because um, growing up you see all the Division One players, um, and that was what I wanted to do. I, I yeah. really wanted to be a Division One player. Um, I wanted to go to that school. I wanted to be that guy, um, and I wasn't gonna stop until I got there. And um, oh, CLU was another one I was talking to. Um, so my senior year, I was. Um, it was kind of getting down. It was near season, and I was really only talking to community colleges at the time. Which was, my brother was at a community college, so it wasn't like I was. I wasn't. I did not want to go there. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, my brother went to Edmonds Community College, so I was talking to Edmonds Community College. I was talking to Everett Community College, 
and uh, Bellevue and um, Tacoma. Those are like my top four that mm-hmm. I was that I was really looking at. Um, and then Everett, and then I kind of nailed it down to Everett and Edmonds. So I had the chance to follow my brother. Um, um, he was two years older than me, so I wouldn't have been able to actually play with him. Yeah. But my brother dominated that league. Um, so it was either Everett or Edmonds. And my one of the coaches at Everett is the son of the guy that I played um, for at Chafee. So Cody Atkinson was uh, the head assistant up there. Mm-hmm. And he and I had a really great relationship before. And um, Levi Lacey, the head guy, was uh, I had a really great relationship with him. Played against, uh, he coached a whole bunch of teams that I played against growing up. Uh, Lacey's Academy, I played a bunch of those times. Um, so I, I knew both those guys really well. Um, and it kind of just came down to the fact like I kind of wanted to do my own thing. Um, I know my brother my brother had a really great two years at Edmonds. Um, and I think that I just wanted my, my own experience um, yeah. where I wasn't really being compared to him. Like um, So I, I chose Everett. And um, right after I graduated my my senior year from high school uh i got a call from seattle u saying that they wanted me to come and play there uh-huh. so this is after i committed to everett um and then wazoo called me as well um they had just got a new coaching staff and i got a call um and they offered me as well um but it was just walk on walk on opportunities at both these schools and I had a scholarship to Everett Community College, and I I thought to myself, I was like, well, you know, I think the the history of Wazoo at that time wasn't like they weren't they weren't that great of a team, mm-hmm. um, not knocking them at all, but they they weren't at the time, and um, I wanted I wanted that scholarship, you know, I wanted I wanted them to show me that they were invested in me. I wasn't that they were just going to bring me on and then cut me. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those things. Um, so I knew I was going to go to Everett and play. Um, so I, I told both those schools that I'm going to, I'm going to fulfill my commitment to Everett. I'm going to go to Everett. And that was a great experience. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that at all. Um, my freshman year, we went through some ups and downs. Uh, we made it to the NWAC tournament. Um, that year um and then i the first game we were playing lower columbia and the night game and uh i dove there was a a rundown between third and home Mm -hmm. so our third baseman actually fielded it and tagged a guy out that was standing at third base but the ump didn't see it or he didn't make the call so the guy took off for home and it was kind of like one of those like what are you what's going on things so ball gets thrown to me and I'm running the guy down and I dive and I tag him and I thought I just jammed my my thumb so in my in my catcher's glove which was super weird at the time mm-hmm. um I jammed my thumb I was like man that really hurt finished out the game hit a double in the game um ice my thumb that night wake up the next morning and my thumb is twice the size that it normally is oh. and I couldn't even fit it in my catcher's glove I couldn't wrap my hand around a bat um and I had to, I was like, I, I, I can't catch. Like, I don't want to ruin this for the team. Like, I can't, I, if I can't catch, mm-hmm. 
so he's like, all right, go tell, go tell Levi. So I went and told Levi and then, um, Levi had to make a quick change. <laughs> the funny thing is my, he, he ran up to the booth and did that. My mom overheard it. He's like, what, what, what are you talking about? And she's like, can't play. He hurt his thumb. And she's like, tell him to suck it up and get out there. <laughs> so my mom's saying that. And then we go to the doctor, like two, three days. We lost, we lost that game. We uh, go to the doctor like two, three days later and come to find out I have like a grade two tear on my thumb ligament. And it was oh, actually geez. the UCL of the thumb, which is funny because I actually tore my elbow UCL. But the grade two like, tear of my, my thumb and um, I pulled a piece of the bone. Like I pulled a piece of the bone away when oh, it happened geez. as well. So Ouch. My th- like a broken thumb. You know, um, my mom was like, oh, yeah, I actually feel really bad about that. <laughs> it's funny, but... She ain't saying suck it up anymore. Yeah, she, she wasn't saying suck it up anymore after that. Um, but yeah, so freshman freshman year, I was our catcher, um, and then our, like, our game four, so we played four games on a weekend. Um, I caught the first three, and then I'd, like, close the fourth game mm-hmm. on the mound. Um that had been trying. I mean, like four games mm-hmm. on a weekend. So that's what if you're lucky, thirty six innings. But it could be more depending mm-hmm. on you know if you happen to maybe be doing extra innings. So yeah, that's gotta be pretty trying. You know, like, yeah, tired, it was trying. a it was a little taxing, but it was it was also like I I, I consider myself a gamer. You know, I I I want to be on the field any way I can, any way that was possible for me. Mm-hmm. So if that was catching and pitching if that was if they needed me at second base which I hadn't played for a while before that and then mm-hmm. outfield whatever it was I, I wanted to be in the game and I I was really trying to do everything I could so it was we needed a we needed a closer in that like last game because you're using a whole bunch of pitchers throughout the weekend and um yeah it was that was kind of my role my freshman year and then transitioning into my sophomore year um I was I would catch the first two on like a Saturday, and then so we played two Saturday, two Sunday. I'd catch the first two on that Saturday, and then um, they would rest me game three, and then I would start game four. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't doing three games and then start. Um, and uh, yeah, I had a pretty good pretty good year on the mound there. Um, really great year catching um i see that you won a the gold glove as a freshman i did yeah yeah i won the nwac north gold glove when i was a freshman um Mm -hmm. it's really it was i mean it was a great honor to have i mean you had a lot of a lot of tough guys in that league um so it was pretty that was a pretty cool experience getting to do that you you get recruited by university of portland Mm -hmm. and what point did did they really start recruiting you so that was so what I brought up Greg Swenson earlier. Um, so once, uh, when I was a sophomore, they had just gone through a coaching change at University of Portland. So that was uh, Coach Loomis's first year. Yep. Um, and he hired Greg Swenson and uh, Jake Valentine as his two like assistant coaches. And uh, there was another guy there before um, as a volunteer assistant. I don't remember his name. I, I never got to meet that guy. Um, but uh, yeah, Greg Swenson called me actually before 
uh, like school started my sophomore year. So this like August, like late August, early September, um, I was I was still recovering from my broken thumb. So I was supposed to go play in Bend, Bend uh, for the Bend Elks that summer in mm-hmm. summer 2015 in the WCL. In the yeah. WCL, which was a total bummer because they ended up winning it that year um so i would have been on the championship team i got to get a ring with that but Mm -hmm. broke my thumb so i never ended up getting to go and play so late august early september greg swenson calls me and he says um he said hey tate um you know i just i just got the pitching coach job at uh university of portland um and we we think you could really help us out we we want to we want, we want you, we want you, like, you're our guy. Um, we want you to come play for us. And I thought that was, I mean, really cool. And he, he said to me, I remember this on the phone, he's like, so I, f- I feel like I should come watch you play before I offer you a scholarship. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, all right, yeah, that right. makes sense. So he came out to one of our first fall league games, um, watched me, I don't think I was pitching at the time because I hadn't really been throwing, um, but he watched me catch and... He was saying that, uh, I mean, he had known who I was, obviously. Like, he knew me from Washington State. Yeah. So he knew what I could do um, hitting, catching, pitching-wise. And, uh, yeah, they offered me a scholarship in, like, late, uh, like, mid-September, I think. And I went on my, my visit down there and um, kind of just fell in love with the school, with the, the atmosphere down there mm-hmm. and everything. Um, I had a really great experience with all the guys and uh, – yeah, I committed. I committed there, right then and there, um, in uh, I think like early October. Yeah. So Coach Loomis said this of you that I read. It said Tate is an established and successful catcher from the junior college ranks. Uh, Tate has a strong arm, is a potential rece- proficient receiver, and has the ability to manage the game. A great leader, Tate has the potential to help us on the mound as well. So it sounds like, you know, Coach Loomis is talking about you being an, a very good overall around player. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. It's probably one of the few times that... Uh, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, no. Um, that was another reason I, I fell in love with the coaching staff. It wasn't just the guys, the players. Um, it's kind of just the whole program. I, I, I knew they were coming off a, a not-so-great season the year before. Yeah. But I knew that everything was headed in the right direction mm-hmm. with that coaching staff. Um, Jake Valentine, he had actually coached my brother um, the year before at Santa Clara. Okay. Um, so he knew who I was, or he knew my brother, and uh, that was an easy transition too. Mm-hmm. Um, just that whole that whole staff was, was great, and uh, I liked it so much I, I committed. Did you ever feel like because he did coach your brother and, you know, how we talked about how your brother went to – uh, you know, one school, and mm-hmm. that was like, commu- you know, looking at you, recruiting you, and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't really want to go there because I want to like be my own person. Do you feel like there was some of that competitiveness in you? Like, I'm gonna be better than my brother. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I mean, my brother and I were always very competitive growing mm-hmm. up. Um, video games, backyard base, like wiffle ball. Yeah. Didn't really matter what we were doing. We were we were always trying to beat one another and everything. Um, basketball pick up basketball just like suplex off the top yeah suplex (laughs) off exactly um wrestling yeah it's just kind of anything you know like you're you're trying to beat your older brother yeah um he was trying to beat me um so what he went to santa clara uh tino jake valentine um he coached him there 
I didn't really have that that feeling um, where I was going to be like kind of compared to him from Jake at the yeah. time. So I, that wasn't a big factor into Did that. Did you feel prepared going from community college and playing in the NWAC to go playing for University of Portland? Yes. And looking back on it, I don't think I was ready for Division One coming out of high school. So going the junior college way was the best route for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I got bigger, um, faster, stronger, um, out of, out of junior college. And I was way more prepared for division one baseball than I was, um, than I think I was when I was a senior. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the grind level, um, in junior college is just, I, it was way different. Um, it was, uh, it was a lot a lot of nitty gritty, um, just grinding, you Mm -hmm. you know, you have a whole bunch of guys who are are trying to prove themselves. They have that chip on their shoulder. Like they want to be playing division one baseball as well. Um, whereas you get to, you get there and, um, it's just a little bit different. You know, it's guys that are there. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't have, so I don't want to say that they were complacent with where they're at. It was just, a little bit different um, of a grind from that junior college to the yeah. Division One guys. So, just just let's take a look at it from this perspective. You know, you having gone through the junior college ranks, mm-hmm. and then reflecting like you are now about where you were at your senior year of high school. What would you have told yourself if you if you could just gone back? You know, those couple of years. What would you have said to yourself? To, to be a little bit different to, to what was that one thing or two things that you would do differently to to maybe better prepare yourself to be d1 level ready get in the weight room yeah. uh, I think the weight room was a big factor in everything for me um, I because I was playing those two sports at the time um, you know I wasn't really lifting I, mm-hmm. I mean I, I I did lift but it wasn't it wasn't like I was preparing I wasn't like really lifting for baseball. Like I wasn't lifting to get stronger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. If I could go back and tell like freshman, sophomore year, Tate, like what would you do differently? I'd say get in the weight room, hit it hard. Um, you need you work harder, I guess. Um, and then I think I, I honestly do think I would have been prepared. I would have, I gained, I gained like 20 pounds from when I was a senior in high school to like middle of freshman year. So and it was like I was just way stronger than mm-hmm. I was when I was in high school, and I think that that helped me become who I the the, the better player that I was when I was mm-hmm. a junior senior in college. So what, what's some advice? Knowing that, what's some advice you could give to some younger players right now that are working their way through high school? Like, what's some things that maybe they could do themselves, like in the weight room? Like, what what types of like work, you know lifting and whatever could they could do differently? Um, I think uh, shoulder care. Uh, it doesn't matter what position you are, pitcher, catcher, infielder. I think arm care is a, a very important thing to do. Um, sh- different shoulder programs you can do, a bunch of different shoulder exercises. Um, uh, just kind of like, I don't know, make main lifts. We do a lot of squatting uh, right now with the Brewers. We do a lot of squatting, a lot of single leg stuff. So a lot of like single leg explosiveness um, mm-hmm. type work. It's very important. Quick twitch muscles are very big in, in baseball um, to be able to, to swing and throw and um, like steal bases. Even quick twitch muscles so are needed. Quick, re- quick, quick reactionary yeah. things that you're just bursts. Right? Yeah. So like, for example, I 
like one of my workouts the other day it was it was squats and then it was uh, hurdle jumps. So it's just like bounce, like you jump over the hurdle, you go the next one. Jump over the hurdle, go the next one. Um, type oh, wow. thing. So it's yeah, your legs are tired from the squats, and then you go immediately do that, and you do a whole bunch of different leg exercises. So building off that muscle tightness. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, just a lot of explosive work. Um, I would say rotational work as well. Um, med ball, med ball throws into the wall like you're swinging, like swinging a bat. Um, those are big. Um, yeah, I would, but I, I would say get in the weight room and work harder because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's a different, like I said, it's a different grind. Um, like you, you may think you're working hard right now, but the guys in pro ball are working really, really, really hard. And yeah, those that are, you know, maybe vying for your position, exactly. maybe even working harder yeah. too. Yeah. So let's jump back into university of Portland. Okay. So you, you make that transition. Mm-hmm. In 2017 yep. is when you started, yeah. uh, you know, clearly going from community college to University of Portland, academically within itself, yeah, must have been just challenging initially. I mean, maybe you're you're a really good student and it catches on to you easy, mm-hmm. but you know, maybe maybe you weren't, but but just academically, it's mm-hmm. a big difference. Correct? Yeah, no, it it absolutely was. It was a huge difference. Um, I think I, I felt. Looking back on it, I think my my freshman and sophomore year, I, I felt like entitled. I don't know why. Um, I just I didn't work as hard as I could in the classroom, as I should have when I was a freshman and sophomore, uh, or at least my freshman year. Um, sophomore year, when I had this opportunity to go to University of Portland, I found out early. Um, one of the a big thing for me was uh, they said, "Hey, if you if you get." you know, you bump your grade up from a 3.0 to a 3.2, um, there's extra, like there's academic money in there for you. Um, so I worked my butt off trying to, to be the best student I could and get all my assignments in. And, um, and I, I did end up getting that extra, extra little, um, academic scholarship. Yeah. Financial aid money. Um, so that's another thing for students these days. It's, um, my mom is a, as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's telling students all the time, you know, like grades are important. It doesn't matter if it's going to be later on in your regular job or if you're looking, working for a, a athletic scholarship, there is money. Um, there's money for you if you have good grades. So that was a, another thing, um, going back to high school was, um, I was able to get my, I think I got a 3.5 in high school and, um, there was, there was academic money available for me, um, later on too. Like the academics are very important. Um, so you got to work hard in the weight room. You got to work hard in the classroom. You got to work hard on the field. Mm -hmm. So, you know, going into that first season, uh, making that transition, and working with you know D one players, D one coaches, mm-hmm. you know how, how is that first feeling like going out into the field, making that transition? Uh, it was awesome. Um, my first, where did we go? My first trip, uh, we went to Cal State Northridge my my junior year, um, and I was actually able to play against one of my lifelong buddies, even from when I was in. Uh, 
uh, Little League. Mm-hmm. He was on Cal State Northridge at the time, and it was cool getting to play against him. As like it was both our first Division one. He went to junior college as well, so it was both our first Division one games, and it was against each other, um, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a great experience. Um, my junior year, we did not do well. Um, we we just didn't have. Um, I guess I don't want to say the leadership, but um, we just didn't have the guys. I feel like the guys who were there prior to me. Mm-hmm. Um, They're from a completely different coaching staff. Different coaches. Like they were recruited by a different coaching yeah. staff. Um, and I, I think they were used to the Portland was a losing team at the time. And, um, you know, it's. There were some guys. There were some guys that really wanted to work. There were some guys that really loved it, and they actually put in the effort. But there were some guys who just—I don't—I really—I really think they didn't care. Um, and um, I hated it. I did not. I did not like baseball my junior year. I really didn't. Um, and I was like, you know, I—I—I I, I, this needs to change next year. I want this to change. Um, I was actually—I was voted as a captain my junior year. Um, just, I think because I did come from that, that were like losing is not acceptable, even though we did lose a lot, but it was, it was more just like, I, I, you could tell that we didn't want to lose. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was voted as a captain, um, that year. And then, um, I kind of just, I, me and a few other guys, we're, we just kind of like, dude, this isn't going to happen next year. Like this, this is not the way that we're going to go about things. Um, so what so did you guys change it. in the off season, like in um, between your primary season, which is you know in the springtime mm-hmm. to the end of the school year, and then after that transition, what what what, what changed? Like what what did you guys do with the guys? So me personally, um, I I was I was living with a couple guys um, who who actually got cut um, prior to me me getting there. So I I still lived with them. Um, so I think my junior year is kind of also a reason why I kind of felt like, like this sucks. Baseball sucks at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't have those roommates. I didn't have any baseball roommates. Um, I didn't, I didn't have somebody pushing me to, to go do that extra work. I didn't have anybody pushing me to, to be, to get more in the weight room, to do the extra little tiny, like shoulder care work, everything. Um, so my senior year, I ended up living, I, I, I moved, and I lived with uh, three guys, Daniel Lopez, Ryan Hugerwerf, and Matt Kelly. And we, that was kind of like the, the guys that were, um, that we just tried to take everybody with us um, to, to try and change the narrative of the program, to mm-hmm. try and be, um, try and win games. Um, we, it was different, like a different competition level. We, we brought a different energy to the field every single day. Um, we included everybody in with everything. Um, one of my favorite things is we did uh, like a, a friends giving with the whole team, mm-hmm. and we we cooked the turkey. We did we did everything that we needed to do, and we we had it in our clubhouse, and it was a great experience. We got everybody involved. Everybody was there. Um, it was a really fun time, and it's stuff like that, like team bonding stuff, and um, stuff that we didn't have when I was a junior. Um, that we did. Um, my roommates and I, we'd go sometimes 11.30 at night. We'd go to the, the, um, our hitting barn, the Pinovi, and we, we would hit, and we would Yeah, just it's a do, nice little place. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, you know, just the extra grind is kind of what separated us. I think a lot of guys kind of bought into 
that like more is needed for us to mm-hmm. get to where we want to be going and what we want to do. Yeah. So senior year, you mm-hmm. know, where where you at senior year and how'd that go for you? Uh, it was awesome. Uh, so coach Lambert, um, who was on the podcast earlier, uh, he kind of took me under his wing. Um, I really don't think I'd be where I'm at in pro ball today if it wasn't for his kind of his direction you know i i still wanted to to be a catcher i i i liked pitching um it wasn't something that i thought i would be doing in pro ball i thought if i was gonna be playing pro ball i was gonna be as a catcher Mm -hmm. because i i i I thought of myself as a really great catcher um which i was i receiving wise uh blocking kind of like the defensive aspect of a catcher i was i was i was up there um i thought i was pretty good and um, I was needed in certain roles as a catcher at the University of Portland. Um, that was a, a, so before before that uh, my senior season I had a conversation with the coaching staff and they said they told me that like you know we know what you can do as a catcher. Um, we're not worried about your your catching ability at all. So what we want you to do is we're going to need you on the mound this year. So we want you to do everything with the pitchers, warm up, um, throwing, all of that arm mm-hmm. care, all everything with the pitchers. And when it comes time to to hit, you're going to be with the hitters. So like batting practice, you're going to do the hitting stuff, um, and then like team stuff. I'd be doing. I'd sometimes do both, or I'd just do catching one day, yeah. or just do pitching. Um, so that was like a, tra- a big transition was it was more structured for me. It was like, okay, you're going to be like, we need you to be a pitcher this year. Like we need you to be our guy, one of our guys. Um, and that was a big factor. I, I, I learned a lot from coach Lambert. It wasn't his thing. Wasn't, it wasn't so much uh, velocity wise with him. It was, um, you know, we, we need to do what we need to, like, we need to, to throw at the bottom of the zone. We need to, um, mm-hmm need to be the best at that we need to um be better than last year um and i i i was bought in i bought in from day one with with coach lambert um it was it was the best thing for me for for my career definitely was um getting to talk with him every single day and kind of picking his brain with some stuff and he would pick my brain and we'd find that balance that worked for both of us um with everything and to this day (laughs) There was, uh, so we had a, we had a rule where if you didn't, we had a string at the bottom of the zone, uh, in bullpens. And if you, if you weren't below the string within your first three pitches, then you were done for the day with your, with your bullpen and you had to finish it later. So I, whereas during batting practice, I remember, um, come over, throw my pen. First one was close, like right, like right above the string, um, next one next two weren't even anywhere close and he turns to me and says all right you're done i was like what I said he said no man you know the rule he's like i'm holding you to a higher standard like you you need this is what you need to be to it's like you don't throw the hardest like you're not the hardest velocity guy on the team um you're like i needed to i needed for for my pitching wise i needed to to spot up on the outside inside up down mm-hmm. that's where i needed to be to be a great pitcher and um i was held at a very high standard by coach lambert and um i was done for the day i had to go finish my bullpen after practice um and then there was another time where uh we get into season now so transitioning into season um yeah i was 
I, I already felt better. Like I already knew I was going to be a way better pitcher than I was the year before. <laughs> um, and I think it was like third, third or fourth series. Um, I think it was against Cal State Bakersfield or Cal State or UC Irvine, one of those two schools. Come in the game, give up, give up a couple runs. Um, and but it, it it wasn't that wasn't the first time. Like the week before, I'd come in and I gave up a run, mm-hmm. and then I came in this game and I I gave up another run or two. And he stopped me on the stairs when I walked in the dugout, and he said, "Do you have to give up a run every single time you come into the game?" <laughs> Just like looking at me and like yelling at me, and you know, I was I was I was wearing it. Um, and then he's like, it, in a nice way, he told me to change it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna get into what he said. Uh, maybe he'll tell you a different time, but. Um, yeah, it was, and that there was a, a, a switch flipped in my brain, um, and from then on out, I, I, not to toot my own horn, but I, I, I pretty much dominated the rest of the year. Yeah, um, I felt really, really good on the mound from everything that I was doing. Um, my next outing after that was against BYU, and uh, no, sorry, St. Mary's. It was against St. Mary's, and um, I came in in the fourth inning. And I struck out 10 guys in five innings. Um, and uh, I gave up my one, I gave up two hits that day. One of the hit, one hit was a home run. And then one was just like a dink, a dink single over the second yeah. baseman's head. But I struck out the first four guys I came into the game, struck those out, or sorry, struck out the first three guys. One guy hit a home run and then I struck out the next guy. So my first four outs of the game were strikeouts and then I finished with six the rest of the game and the rest of the innings. Um, but yeah, I, I think that day, those, at least those two instances with coach Lambert, um, for sure kind of just stick as they stick out in my brain from mm-hmm. like, you need to be doing more. You need to focus. You need to be better. And it wasn't so like, I, I think from then I went from a thrower to a pitcher. So you can get on the mound, you can throw all you want, but mm-hmm. I think that flipped a switch in my brain where it was okay. I'm gonna pitch. I need to spot up. I need to do everything I can to to be the best I can. Real quick, let's talk. Mm-hmm. One quick question about Coach Lambert. What separates him, and what makes him different than others that you've played that played for? Um, he he's he's very personable. Um, he'll he'll get he gets to know you a lot. Um, he kind of knows like. He, he knows what works for you or you, you talk, have these conversations with him. Um, it's kind of, it's give and take type thing. Um, but he's, he's very good in what he does. Um, he's always pushing people to be better. We had a, a group chat with the, the whole pitching staff. Um, we texted it all the time and it was hold, keep, hold people accountable. Like that was our main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uh, guys would send in pictures of them doing extra work. It would be going to the rec gym, um, doing extra shoulder care, and guys would send pictures. And then you know I see one of my teammates doing that, and it's um, it's like oh god man I'm just sitting on the couch right now. Like I need to go do something. I need to be better. Um, so he kind of I think he just kind of changed the way we we, we worked um, between my junior and my senior year, um, and he. Um, 
he held us accountable. He, he, he really did. He, he was making sure that we, that we were the best that we could be at the mm-hmm. time. I'm, I'm assuming you still stay in touch with Coach Lambert. Yeah, yeah. I texted him this morning, told him I was coming on the podcast, and he was like, <laughs> dude, I'm hyped for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> does, he, does he still coach you, uh, and you ask him questions? Yes. So, actually, um, so summer 2018, after I was in pro ball, um, I I was doing I was doing pretty good, and then um, I hit this, like, two games in a row. I, I came in, and I uh, I got some – I got hit a little bit. Um and I called him kind of out of the blue. I was like, hey, man, do you have, do you have time to talk? He goes, yeah. So I called him up, and um, it was kind of like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm, I'm getting hit. Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I can't get – I feel like I can't get out. I feel like I can't, like, just not give up runs again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, so he's like, well, how are you going about? Like, are you thinking about throwing two balls off the plate, like, different situations where – in college, that was all called for me. So, Lambo was the one that was giving the signs to the catcher to be like, "Okay, fastball two, like two balls off the plate," mm-hmm. and I'd hit that spot. And it was in in pro ball, I really had to start thinking about all that stuff. So I wasn't thinking about, I wasn't really, um, I guess, studying up on on our opponents, like our hitters, like each hitter. I wasn't thinking like, "Okay, this guy can't hit an inside fastball." If I if I go two inches off the plate, he's gonna swing, but he's not gonna touch it, like type thing. Mm-hmm. So I had a I think probably like a forty five minute conversation with him about that, and he just kind of he made me think differently again about what how I needed to go about yeah. uh, pro ball and like how to pitch again. Um, and then from then on, it was I, I finished the year strong because yeah. my conversation with him. I was thinking about like thinking about the hitters um, throwing two inches off the plate because mm-hmm. catchers catchers aren't calling it they're um i was kind of i was also calling what the catcher wanted to throw and not what i thought was going to get like mm-hmm. what i needed to throw in certain situations um because you know you just just meet a catcher for the first time yeah um he knows i throw a fastball curveball slider and change up but maybe my change up's working better that day than my curveball mm-hmm. and He's calling curveball, and I'm like, okay, yeah, let's throw curveball, and then it gets hit. Whereas I should have been like, no, I'm, I need to throw the change up here. Yeah. Um. So it's just certain situations like that. Like, um. Yeah, I had a lot, had a good conversation with him, and he kind of just changed my mind and how to go about it. So probably you know the that relationship, but that respect level kind of like grew mm-hmm. a bit more just because you know listening to it, it's like you know you giving you a different level and showing you that like. I, you know, as a coach, there's all these different yeah. elements that I look into, and just like I'm also looking into each individual batter to know yeah. what to throw and know what you do well. Yeah, so. exactly. I mean that, and that's the difference that that you don't see, like as a player. So, like coach, like all of our coaches throughout the week, preparing for a weekend series in college. Yeah, they're they're doing research. They're they're studying the players. They're knowing hot cold zones of where to throw, what to throw. And um, that's why Lambo was so good at it because he was. I mean, he spent four or five, six days a week, longer than that. I'm sure he was doing week research way ahead of the games. Um, and it was. Uh, that's why he was so prepared on on every single weekend. Mm-hmm. Whereas it was like I could go out there and like we we would have daily conversations. We'd have scout and report meetings um, in college, but. It was also to the point where it's like, okay, 
I know this guy, like I know what he does, but Lambo's still calling the pitches. Um, and he gave us an opportunity to shake him off whenever. I didn't shake Lambo off once because I knew because I knew that he had done his research. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows he knows like he know what to do um, what to throw in certain situations and I trusted everything that he did. Um, so that was a big difference because I was so reliant on him in certain situations in college where I got to pro ball it was okay catcher's calling it mm-hmm. but he doesn't quite know the hitters and yeah sometimes I mean you get Latin guys too sometimes and it's hard to have a conversation with them it's like, like language barrier yeah language barrier exactly it's like okay like what do you think I should throw here and then but he like sometimes he knows what you're talking about sometimes he doesn't <laughs> so the language barrier is a big thing um, so you don't I, have Google out there yeah I don't have Google Translate out there <laughs> on the mound yeah. um, so that was a, a big thing was I needed to do it for myself I needed mm-hmm. to grow up I needed to, to study the reports myself and know what to throw to certain guys so you're with the Brewers organization now. Mm-hmm. You signed, a, you know, that contract with them to, to play in the organization. Mm-hmm. What what it was it like for you to like sign that contract and know oh, you're going to play for a professional organization and you know at the minor league level? Yeah. Anyways, right for now. Um, wow, that was it was a very very it was an unreal experience. Um, so I was actually so I finished senior year. Um, and uh, I was playing for the Seattle Studs, uh, the semi-pro Seattle yep. Studs at the time. Um, and I was kind of thinking to myself, it's like, all right, well, you know, I was like, because I, I had a couple teams. Like, I talked to a couple different scouts, but it wasn't, like, big conversations. It was mm-hmm. kind of like, get to know you, um, fill out a couple questionnaires, and that was kind of it. Um, and... Uh, what happened so finished senior year um i was playing for the seattle studs we went down to california uh, played in a three-game series down there where i was catching and then uh come back home and we're playing we play one game at uh seattle pacific university and i game finishes up and i i get a text from coach loomis and he says says, hey, just want to let you know, uh, Brewers just called me about you. Um, so uh, just to, just a heads up, like you're probably going to be getting a phone call. I was like, whoa, okay. I was like, whoa, okay, <laughs> sweet. Um, I was like, thank you. Like, I'm very grateful and everything. So like on my drive home um, from SPU, I, uh, I get a phone call from the Brewers from uh, – from um, from Sean um, from Sean Whalen, the Northwest Brewer Scout, mm-hmm. um, who actually had son a son that went to the University of Portland, so he knew Loomis and um, everything. Uh, so I get a call from him, and he says, "Hey, like, hey, how's it going? Um, I'm with the Brewers, uh, just want to let you know that we're we have a need for pitchers, um, and." Uh, I'm gonna be. He's like, is this something that you that you're interested in? And I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> like the, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, totally. I got totally, man. Um, and he said, okay. He's like, you know, um, as I have, a, I've had a conversations with Coach Loomis, and um, I, I'm throwing your name into the mix. Um, I'm not telling you that we're gonna sign you. Um, I just want to let you know that 
this is a possibility for you. And if it does happen, it's going to happen quick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, I said, if I get a phone call that, that they want you, it's like, we're signing that contract and we're getting you out of here. And I was like, okay, sounds good, man. So that was right after the draft ended on. So draft is a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday deal. So he called me Wednesday night. Um, so nothing Thursday. So I don't, I don't hear from him Thursday. So I go play another game with the Seattle studs. Um, nothing Friday. We had an off day on Friday. And then Saturday morning, I wake up to a phone call from him. Um, and he said, Hey, Tate, congratulations. Um, where brewers want to sign you. Uh, what's your address? I'll be over later today. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, wait, first of all, thank you very much. I'm very excited here. Um, and I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, I'm signing a kid in federal way and, uh, I'll be at your house around like three o'clock. I was like, Oh man. Okay. So texting my address. Um, and I was like, do you know where I'm going to be? Do you know where I'm going to be going? And he says, I, I haven't heard that yet. Um, I'm still trying to get the contract from our higher-up guys. Um, and um, <laughs> he's like, uh, sorry. Uh, I was like, do you know if I'm going to Arizona or Helena? <laughs> he said, I don't know yet. Um, and then he gives me a call later, and he says, hey, uh, or text me, he's like, can you give me your uh, date of birth, like all the flight information stuff? And I said, yeah. So I text him that, and then um, he calls me. He says, hey, I just got word. Um, you're going to be going to Arizona. Your flight takes off at 6 o'clock tomorrow. And I was like... 6 o'clock a.m. or 6 o'clock p.m.? P.m., p.m., okay. 6 o'clock tomorrow night. And I was like, wait, what? He said, I told you, man. He's like, I told you this is going to happen quick. It's going to happen quick, yeah. Gotta, it's gotta, it's going to happen quick. And I was like, okay. So he comes over, uh, signed the contract. Um, I go, um, go out with my family later that night, go get dinner, kind of... Posted on Instagram and um, to all my friends and and everything. I had to call the Seattle Studs coach that day, that morning. I was like, "Hey, uh, I'm actually not coming today. <laughs> Just signed with the Brewers." So, um, yeah, it was it was, but it, it happened very quickly, like mm-hmm. he said. Um, so I flew down to Arizona, and I was down here about a month, um, and then I got called up to our rookie ball team in Helena, Montana. And okay. I finished out the year up there. And then, so, hey, that's like a complete whirlwind. Oh with God, yeah. Going from, you know, playing semi-pro at, baseball semi-pro to getting the contract to the flying out to oh, then yeah. going and playing in Arizona, and then the Montana. Yeah. And then and then so, where are you at now? I mean, you you've, as we talked mm-hmm. earlier, you you had an injury, sustained injury, your arm, your. She had the surgery. Yeah, you're rehabbing. Where do you go from here? So yeah, um, I, so I was invited to spring training, um, twenty nine. So spring training twenty nineteen. Then about the second week during spring training, um, I got hurt. And then we tried the conservative care route um, for about two months, and it didn't work. So I ended up getting surgery. Um, uh, so now, so surgery was in May. Um, and now I, I started throwing about uh, middle of October, so now it's just kind of baby steps. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been working. I mean, I've been working out since May, um, doing shoulder program, everything. Once I was able, once I was able to start lifting weights with my right arm. Yep. Um, and then, 
yeah, I've been lifting, I've been running, um, been throwing now, just everything down here. It's it's been a great experience um, being able to be down here with with the top, like some of the top trainers in the world. Honestly, yeah. like you get some of the top the top physical therapists here with the Brewers, and um, it's it's a great experience being able to to work out with them every single day. And um, I actually I got to rehab with a couple big leaguers. Um, who uh, Corey Knable, um, he was going through a Tommy John uh, surgery rehab as well. So he and I would always talk about different things. Corey Knable, uh, he was an all-star in 2017 mm-hmm. with the Brewers. Um, Bobby Wall, he was going through uh, ACL injury um, rehab. And um, Brent Suter, uh, he's a big leaguer as well. Um, He's, uh, I talked a lot with him because, you know, it's, I get, I get to pick those, I got to pick those guys' brains because they had been going through it and, or Brent Suter was, had gone through it. Um, and he was on his rehab stuff, uh, just starting to throw when I got surgery. Yeah. Um, and it was cool. Like I got to talk with him and, uh, get to hang out with the, those guys every single day. And now, um, I get to, I also like the kind of the leadership role coming back to me. Um, I get to um, not take new um, new guys with me, but they, I'm like, yeah, ask me questions. You know, kind of what I was going through at the time um, of my surgery, um, kind of how I've been going through my rehab on everything. So mm-hmm. it's been um, it's been a great experience. You know, it's it sucks going through an injury. It's I wouldn't wish it upon anybody, but um, I'm glad that. A, it happened early in my my career, so mm-hmm. it wasn't later on, and where I'm much older than I am. Yeah, um, and then it's harder to come back. Um, but I I do think as much as it has, has sucked, it's been the best thing for me, mm-hmm. being able to go through this rehab, being able to 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 get again get stronger. Um, yeah, and better than I was before. Um, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a great experience. Well, awesome. Here. Yeah. Well, I you know we're gonna we'll follow you throughout your the twenty twenty season, and uh, you know see where where you your development and then the continued growth and then where you where you're at and uh, definitely will be keeping in touch with you. Uh, really looking forward to this twenty twenty season and seeing where yeah. you go, man. I, I wish it. you wish you wish you nothing but a continued speedy recovery and and the best uh, moving forward. Thank you. Yeah, so. I really appreciate it. Hopefully, so hopefully May 2020 is uh, when I'll be back playing games again. So Nice. Well, that'll do it for this particular episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. It's been an amazing two weeks uh, spending some time with Tate and learning more about him and, and, and his history. So thank you yet again, sir. I appreciate your time. And uh, that'll do it. And uh, you have a great day wherever you're at. Peace.